I just think, I count it a real privilege, actually, that I am actually here, standing up um, in front of you all. Um, I've been cooking something with the Lord for quite a while, actually, since last year. And, um, and when I was offered the uh, chance to stand before you, I thought, oh, I've got to take it. Um, and that is because God said, take what's offered and come back to me. So I thought, right, I really can't not do this, and I'm very happy to do it. But I think God's almost set the scene um, and doesn't need me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, with everything that's gone on this morning. Um, I don't know if it's up there yet. No. Um, can you pop up the little transition picture, if it shows, please? I don't know whether you can see it. Do you remember the two doors and the transition period within. Well, I felt like God wanted me to actually talk to you about the process that we have been through and that he's going to put us through now. And so um, Joshua 5 was the piece that he kind of took me to, and, uh, and I've been looking at that for a long time. <clears throat> and so uh, the transition um, doors were that, as you can see there, there are, there's a double door there and a double door at the back. And actually, I put um, two handles on the exit door, and that was wrong. I had to amend that when I sent it in. I said, I'm sorry, I got that wrong. There's a handle on the door where you enter. Then there's the period of transition, which we are almost out of, but not quite. And then there are the exit doors. There are no handles to let yourself out, because actually the only person who's going to let us out is God. And he will only do that when he is satisfied that we are fit for purpose and that what he's leading us into isn't going to squash us or cause us you know, to, to actually be beaten up, basically, because uh, that will be a time where we will be warring in the spirit. So I'll leave that with you. Oh, thank you, darling. Yeah, so um, I don't know if all of you know the story of Joshua. Moses is dead, Joshua takes over, and he is... Actually, um, with, he's been 40 years in the wilderness with the Israelites. And they were not a happy bunch. It was like a, a, you know, two eagles among turkeys, which was Joshua and Caleb. And um, so they have travelled through this time period. And it was like the Lord was saying to me, that period of wilderness that is referenced here in Joshua is like the period that we went through when we had COVID and lockdown. God cut something off. He literally took us out from everything that was familiar and stuck us in isolation. And it was not an easy time. I don't know about you guys, but I found it very challenging. And there were a lot of things one-on-one -on -one with God that he really wanted to deal with and remove. And this is exactly what was going on in the wilderness that Joshua was traveling with all these people. So God wanted to actually do something with the people. He brought them out. You can kind of almost reference that coming out of Egypt was like our salvation. We've been saved. We know we have. We know God loves us. That is, you know, undeniable. But he has a purpose much further along, which is something that is very dear to his heart. And it means that we have to travel with him. We have to be entwined with God. There is no other way of going forward. So the nation has exited Egypt, the miraculous crossing of the Red Sea, because he's had to remove them from everything, all those influences. And in my heart, I feel God saying, do you know what, guys? 
we come to a, an impasse because the church was looking very much like the world. And God was thinking, hey, we're going the wrong direction here. You know, I need to do something because these are my beloved. And I want them intimately bound to me. And that we move into promise, that we move into the promised land together. God's not going to go without us. <laughs> That's for sure. So they spent 40 years in the wilderness, which actually, you know, 40 is always taken as testing. But it's also a time period which separates two distinct epochs. That's interesting, isn't it? That, it? that they very often regard it as a time period, not necessarily 40 years. So here we have had our hiatus. We were actually in the wilderness. And God brought us to the banks of the Jordan. And there's a whole different thing going on here. Because in that wilderness place, people began to find out who they really are. They began to find out their shortcomings. God began to float stuff up and remove stuff, which was why it was such a difficult time. And I'm sure that a lot of us wept tears and didn't really know which way to go. We had no answer to that period at all. We just had to endure it and let God get on with it. So then something actually happens. When they get to um, the Jordan banks, they're gathering and they're actually waiting to cross over. And I kind of feel like we've, we've kind of come out of this place. And here we are. We're on the banks of the Jordan. And something is shifting. Something is, is happening. And you can really see it in this narrative. Is that instead of them wandering about following you know, a visible and a tangible um, manifestation of God, they are actually going to cross over following the ark the presence. This is a total departure from what they have been used to before. So here we are waiting, and God is waiting, because where we're going out to from here on out is not going to be anything tangible. We're not going to be following any agenda. This is not about following anything man-made. This really is about following God, the presence. And so... You know, this is, this is kind of where we are. We have actually crossed over following the ark. All of us are, you know, this morning I thought God had set everything up and didn't need me anyway. <laughs> because, <laughs> quite frankly, everything that has been spoken here, the things that we've sung, have all been bang on point. And Steve stood up and said about breakthrough, this is a very special day for us. It's very special. There is going to be a shift here today, which if we are willing, God will do it. But he's going to start another process. So I warn you beforehand. Okay. <laughs> Forewarned is forearmed. So, yeah. So anyway, so here they all are. And, and God is really showing this. They cross over. But they don't go straight into the promised land. Why not? Because they are still not fit for purpose. And, you know, when, when um, reset occurs, it means to go back to zero. So God is interested in taking us all back to zero. And actually, in the scientific term, if you take something back and reset it, you can take it right back to the molecular level 
and build it afresh, a new formulation. And I feel that this is what God is doing with the church. He's taking us right, right back, and he's not going to stop until he's done the job because he's taking us right back to the initial, right back to the molecular, right back to something you can't even see, the building blocks. And he's reformulating and he's reforming. And you'll hear that word coming up quite a lot in the, in the future, the reformation. We are on the cusp of a huge reformation. And it's really exciting. Well, I think it is anyway. So, <laughs> but, okay. So, you're standing on the banks of the Jordan. Here we all are. We've gathered to the Lord. And we want the Holy Spirit to move among us. But what is the first thing that Joshua does? He doesn't say, right, guys, let's just get on with it. You know, we're going to walk into the promised land. It'll be easy. No. God says to him, take a flint knife and circumcise all the males. Now, these are not eight-day-old children. You know, <laughs> these are adults. And I'm sure a lot of the guys are going, Ooh, you know. But, but this, is, this is what it takes. They have to be circumcised. Actually, there really is no choice. Because even though they are a new generation and we've come out of this place and we are a gathered new generation and we are willing to go forward with God, God still has something to do because they have been among that culture that was unbelieving, that didn't agree with God, that moaned and groaned, and I, I defy any of you to say that you have never moaned and groaned about what God's been doing or what something's been happening in the church because I know I have, so I'm holding my hand up there. You know, ooh, I can't see why that's happening. But anyway, so there is this generation who's, you know, their hearts want to move on. Their hearts are for God, but they still need a bit of polishing up. They still need something stripping off. And actually, this whole thing um, where they are gathered is a place called Gilgal, the rolling. But it's an interesting place because actually it is where the Jordan actually enters the Dead Sea. It is the lowest place on planet Earth. So I don't know whether you're getting the picture that God is bringing his people down to the lowest place on Earth. This is exactly the way Jesus went. And if you like, it is like bringing us back to the cross and saying you have to pass through this again because there is always death before life. It can't be any other way. Something has to die in order for something to be resurrected. Something has to be laid down in order for it to be picked up. You know, If your hands are still full, if you're still clinging on to stuff, you're in no position to pick up anything that God has for you at all You know, because your hands are full. Which is why, you know, we've heard today about lay things down. Lay things down. Put it down. Whatever it is. Even if it seems like, you know, the most painful thing, just do it. Because that place, you know, at, at Gilgal is actually called the Hill of the Foreskins. And it isn't a hill as such. In that word, it actually means um, that it is either a chalice, which you can see that's something to be filled, but it is also a house. So God brings his house to the banks of the Jordan and says, I'm going to circumcise you. And bless their cotton socks, they say, fine, 
so they are circumcised. And that means to pull off something, to expose, to make naked. So it's exactly the same kind of deal, if you like, as when we became Christians. You know, something is taken off of our heart. Our heart is exposed. That hardness, that kind of carapace, that unbelief, that rebellion, you know, that, that we had before we met God. It's the same kind of deal here. God knows that there is stuff that we need to lose, and he is more than willing to do it. Even if, like a good father, it seems painful at the time, it's because he loves us so much. He wants to leave no one behind and no one with anything that is actually going to mar walking into, basically, the kingdom. Because this is a journey from salvation to kingdom. And when you step into the kingdom, you step onto God's holiness. You know, I think Psalm 78, 4, um, Psalm 78 verse 54 says, you know, he brought them to his holy border, the border of his sanctuary. And the Aramaic apparently reads, he brought them to the border of Canaan, his sanctuary. So it's the holy border. So that is why, you know, when further along, and we'll, we'll, we'll look at that in a minute, you know, God has something to say to Joshua. So, okay, circumcision. But after the circumcision, they have to be healed. They can't just march off. So there is a time of rest. There is a time of, of being healed. There is a time of, you know, that, that wounding, that surgery has to heal before they can move out. And I think that at the moment, there's quite a lot of us that are in a position of being healed from stuff. You know, I think of the people, you know, I've heard today who've, who've gone to um, Eastgate recently, you know. God is healing something on the inside. He's removing stuff. He's taking stuff out and he's pouring stuff in. And that's exactly what he wants to do. So this whole, you know, sort of narrative is all about this journey. And it references very clearly where we've come from. So when once they've actually been healed... Then God says to them, today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt. And that is what God wants to do for us. Totally, any shame, anything that we've held on, anything from the past. Steve referenced it today. He said, you know, anything. You know, it can be an offense, it can be pain, it can be hurt, it can be circumstances. But God is saying, I want you to allow me to circumcise your heart, to cut your heart open. You know, Hebrews 4, verse 12, we've had that before. And it's talking about, you know, having the sword of the Spirit come and cut your heart from top to bottom. Let him sift it. And why is Paul talking about all of that? Because he's saying, don't miss it. Please don't miss it. And, you know, time is short now. I have a real sense of that. And, and I know I'm not the only one who senses that time is short because we have to get this in order to move on in, in, in uh, God's time frame. And I actually heard um, a, a prophet the other day, a really well-known guy, and he said, we're, we're in a pause. And if you like, this whole thing of the circumcision and the healing is a pause. God has pressed the pause button because he knows he's going to have to work on us. And, and when I heard that, I thought, yeah. But he said an interesting thing. He said, um, it's the last half hour. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what you've been saying, Lord, I think you've been saying is right. It is the last half hour. 
So he's saying it again. You know, please be attentive to what I'm saying. He's saying this. Please be attentive. Please place yourself in that position of allowing me to circumcise your heart because it is paramount for you to move forward. And unless you allow me to do this work, I can't take you. You cannot go. And I know that sounds really hard, but, you know, it's just like a parent with a child, you know. Would you not tell the child the truth if you saw them, you know, perhaps going to miss out on something that was absolutely fabulous? You would encourage them, wouldn't you? Please, you know, I'm telling you, you need to do this. And we need to be really wise and we need to really get with the, with the program because what's happening here on the banks of the Jordan and what's happening here among us is that we're going to have to be obedient. You know, they were obedient. When um, Joshua had you know, done all that God asked and he's standing there, then this man appears with a drawn sword and he looks like a warrior. And Joshua goes over and says, are you for us or are you against us? And the man says, no, but as the commander of the Lord's army, I've come. This is the commander of the hosts of heaven. This is Jesus. And he worships. Joshua gets down and worships. And the Lord says to him, take off your shoes because you're on holy ground. You know, we are even on the threshold of the promise of stepping into walking in the kingdom by the Spirit, we are standing on holy ground right now because he's here. And he's saying, let me do this. And it's really interesting that they didn't fight anymore by strategy, man's strategy. This is one of the things that you know is being laid down big time. They had to wait for the Lord, they had to be in his presence, they had to seek intimacy, they had to entwine their hearts with his, which is what waiting actually means. It means to entwine your heart. It means to make that relationship because all of us are going to have to be able to hear and see what he's doing by the Spirit. Where we're going, it is by the Spirit. You cannot have a mixture. You cannot take flesh. You cannot take that stuff. And if that sounds really heavy, you know, I mean, I'm like, Lord, give me courage just to say what I feel is on your heart. You know? So this is, this is the whole thing. We are going to move by revelation. Now, the body of Christ is a revelatory body. And that means all of you. There is not one of you who has the Spirit of Christ, who, who has been baptized in the Spirit, who is saved, who cannot hear God and hear what he wants to say either individually or corporately. You know, we are, if you like, it's a bit strange to say it, we are a corporate, in, we are all corporate individuals because, yes, we can all hear God separately, but together is how we're meant to move. And it will only happen in the prophetic, and by that I mean in the spirit. So we have to be in that place of seeing and hearing. And when you think about Jesus, he didn't actually move any other way. He didn't, you know, have a, you know, plans that he wrote down and stuff. He went, he drew aside and he sat with his father and he asked the question, what, when, how? So that's why he says, you know, I only do what I see my father doing. I only say what I hear him saying. 
Now, that's a learned process. I'm not, you know, I don't think God's expecting us to jump in and kind of, you know, that's it. But it's a learned process as you travel in this new realm that he wants to take us into. So, yeah, we move by revelation, all of us. If we're serious about walking with God, we wait, we listen, and then the final thing is, is that we obey. And because of where we're going and the fact that we're not going to be do, doing things in exactly the same way, we really need to travel in the spirit with God. And this circumcision is the mandatory part of the route, you know, and it sounds a bit awful, doesn't it, to sit, to just stand here and say, we need to do this, but the truth is we need to do this. So, you know, I can't kind of, as I say, punch it forward any, any harder that, you know, God is after your heart. Amen. He's after your heart. It says in the word, doesn't it, that he looks at the heart. So, you know, at this juncture, he isn't really interested in all the things that you might do for him, but he's very interested in, in all of us being together and actually listening to him and obeying and doing things with him. There is a difference. There's a big difference. If you do something for someone, they don't, they don't have to be present. You can do it for them. But if you're doing something with someone, you have to be present. And this is what God is after. So, yeah, so the whole journey that we are on is about moving from salvation to kingdom. It is about coming out of the wilderness. It is about having, standing in this hiatus and allowing God to move us from one state of being to another. God, I don't know, does that make sense? I hope so. So it is about really knowing him not just as saviour, which we all do, and as a lover of our soul and all the rest of it. But, you know, there is another side to God, like a really good father. He will not let us go our own way if it's, you know, going to be the thing that causes so much pain, not just to him, but to us as well. So, basically, <laughs> what we are actually entering into or preparing to enter into is the kingdom realm. And a kingdom is ruled by a king. And a kingdom, you know, is under the leadership and the rulership and the authority of a king. And so he's basically saying to all of us, his bride, his body, the ones he paid a price for, he's saying, who will surrender their hearts to me 100%? Who has the courage and the trust in me to know that I wouldn't do anything that would harm you, but I'm actually wanting to bring you into complete partnership with me. Who of you will do that? I'm hoping that everybody here will go, you know what, no matter what, I'm up for it. Let's just see, Lord. Who, you know, who will trust him and believe in him in this way and allow him to circumcise the heart, to sift the thoughts and intents? You know, and we heard that Amazing tes testimony, and I don't know where you are, but the guy who stood up and said about how he'd lost stuff and that he realised something about that whole process. You know, yeah, but what a weight of glory that's going to bring. You know, because God is putting us in right relationship to himself. 
You know, we can't do anything. We just can't. We, in, of ourselves, don't have it, but filled with the Spirit of God, whoa, we're more than conquerors, you know? <laughs> we're more than conquerors. So he's calling his church. Again, open your hearts. Let's submit to my loving circumcision. Let my word find a place in you. Let me into your hearts and lives. Allow me to purify your hearts. Clean, sort, sift, bring healing and wholeness. Because as he sorts and sifts, he's healing and making you whole. Because we have to be whole because we're going to be dealing with a lot of people who are broken. So we can't be broken as well. We need to let him work. And he says to you, I want you with me. To move with me in my kingdom under my lordship. Ruling and reigning, hearts entwined. This is about us ruling and reigning with him and walking in the spirit realm, which is totally different to some of what we've been used to. And I, for one, I really want to, I want it, I want to be in the kingdom. I want to walk with that power, you know, and walk in partnership with him so that he's, he's like, okay, Sue, we're going to do this. I'm like, okay, Lord. So, yeah, so that's basically it, guys. I can't see the clock, so I have no idea where the time is. But I really, really hope that, you know, in this time afterwards, please consider what I've said. I know I probably haven't said it amazingly, but, but consider what God is saying. We are still in a time of preparation. So if we are thinking that we're going to be rushing off, not yet, but we will see glimpses of what he's doing because as, as we yield, as we submit under his loving care and under the circumcision that he knows he has to do and we have to receive, you will begin to see things begin to break out. You'll begin to see it and that will encourage you. I think we're already seeing it actually. But this is kind of like the final, this is the coup de grace. This is the coup de grace for what has gone before. Today, don't harden your hearts. Don't lack perception. Don't. Because today is the day where there's a shift. And a lot of people today have said, oh, I sense something. Yeah, God is shifting something. He's shifting him. Let him shift it. Let him shift it. Yes, Lord. Lord, I want to thank you. I want to bless you, Lord, that you are present. You are present in your power. You are present here and you are making a shift, Lord, for us. You are making a shift. So, Lord, we just stand before you and say, yay and amen, Lord. We're coming with you no matter what. Well, I'm going. <laughs> and I get it that you're all going as well. Amen. So, yeah. And the... <laughs> oh, We were in the prayer meeting this morning and uh, I felt God very much impact me with the word glimpse um, and uh, sat around with it for a bit 
Um, but I just feel that from what Sue said that I probably do want to say it, I do need to say it. And what I felt God say was, this is only a glimpse of who I am and what I'm going to do. Uh, and I felt him ask me, we did pray upstairs, just to pray an impartation of faith. Because this is going to take faith as he slowly unpacks us to the good things he's got. So if that's okay, I would just like to call that out now for all of us, especially for myself. So if you feel you need that impartation of faith this morning, just put your hands out or do whatever you need to do uh, just to receive it. And Lord, I just thank you uh, that you are the faith giver. You are the one uh, that gives us all the answers. I just want to impart that faith uh, to us this morning as we uh, go on to this time, onto this journey. Uh, Lord, I pray that everything that uh, we need, everything that we look for in you, Lord, give us faith this morning uh, to go on this journey with you. You are a promiser. Your promises are yes and amen. I just call that out for us this morning, uh, this family of yours who want to live in that kingdom in Jesus' name. There is a prayer team. Well, I say a prayer team. It's all the lovely people who said that they would pray for folks after if, if it was needed or prophesy. So, um, yeah, if those people would like to If you, you know, feel kind you of want move. to be prayed for, just come yeah. forward. Um, yeah. These altars are open. Yeah. I think you just come yeah. forward and just pray. And just people can and, help you yeah. pray. Come forward and, uh, and, and pray, people, from the, from the prophecy group. So... feel that there is one thing that is a real biggie for us and has dogged our steps for a long time actually and that is unbelief and doubt it's unbelief and and doubt you know that's our human condition you know we go back and forth back and forth back and forth but you know God says doesn't he that one who doubts can receive nothing you know they go back and forward they're like they're blown by every wind you know the waves so God wants to put some stability and some strength in us today. And um, actually, <laughs> I'm going to go off on a tangent, sorry. Um, before we pray for that, I want to encourage you with something. The Lord showed me a picture a little while ago. And it was like all these pieces spread out on the ground. And I thought, well, what on earth is that? But the more I looked, the more I saw that these, these pieces were very definite but smooth shapes but they were kind of almost molten. They're gray and shiny, but they had light within them swirling about. And I thought, oh my goodness, Lord, these are lively. These are alive. And I said, you know, what are they? Because, and he said, well, they're people. So I'm like, well, you know, what are they doing? Because they were laid out in, in a definite sequence and they were laid out into the distance. And the Lord said, they're pieces of an engine. I'm like, what? 
And then he dropped the word molybdenum. Oh, I don't know much about stuff. I know it's a sort of a metallic thing. So I had to look it up. Because when God says a word, it's because it is very important for what he wants to say. And it is a strengthener for alloy, particularly for engine parts. And so the Lord is showing an engine But it's a revolutionary engine. It doesn't look like an ordinary engine. It isn't an ordinary engine. And I asked the Lord, I said, well, what what does a vehicle look like that this engine goes into? And I had this incredible thing of, it was like looking at a force field. It was pulsing. I couldn't say that it was a very definite shape, but it was pulsing. And I could hear it humming. And I'm like, well, where's the engine? And the Lord said, the vehicle is the engine. So the engine was the vehicle. The vehicle was the engine. Do you know, guys, that he is building you into a brand new vehicle of his spirit? He's he's building you into a brand new vehicle of the spirit. And the thing that molybdenum does is it puts strength into the vehicle. So God is going to give you supernatural strength. So, Lord, I declare today supernatural strength into your body. I declare the faith of God. Not your faith, my faith, but the faith of God into this body today. (laughs) And we are going to walk by faith and we are going to walk with the Lord Jesus. But we're going to be obedient right now and onward as he speaks to you, whatever it is he asks. Be obedient.